Hello, happy new year, and welcome back to another episode of Flow Motion. My name is Sarah O'Leary. I'm one of the three hosts of Flow Motion, and today I am sharing a conversation that I had with Emily Socha, who was my inner voice squad leader when I did IVFT in March of 2021, which is crazy that it's almost been an entire year since I went through IVFT. Anyway, um, Emily and I had this conversation in December of 2021, and since then, of course, things have evolved, but I feel as if everything that we discussed in this episode is relevant and worthwhile um, from my perspective because we really delved into the emotion of anger and what it's like to experience this emotion, um, an emotion that I think for a lot of us is really difficult to feel. Um, It's not necessarily a fun emotion to feel and go into, but we each individually talk about our experiences with emotion and with anger specifically and frustration. And then at the end of the episode, I actually facilitate for Emily and we hear from her inner voice and we hear her inner voice's perspective on anger. And that is definitely my favorite part of this episode. I think we both, after hearing what her inner voice had to say, saw anger in a different in a different way. And I think it can be so, so wonderful to hear from inner voices on topics that our minds have so many stories and so much resistance around, especially when it's something general like anger, which I think shows up for everyone differently, um, but is a universal thing in many ways. So um, as always, if you have any questions, I am available in the Lively app and so is Emily. And I would just like to invite Anyone who listens to this today, if you feel called to check in with your own inner being and see what your own inner being has to say to you about anger or about anything else that comes up for you. I hope you're doing well wherever you are, Um, and I'm going to wrap up this little intro and we're going to head into the episode. Today, I am having a conversation with Emily. Um, Emily was my squad leader in IVFT round two, and you did IVFT beta round, right, Emily? Beta round, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Emily, if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are right now, um, and what you do, and anything else that you just want to share, so people can get to know a little bit about you before we dive into inner voice land. Yeah, cool. Um, There's a part of the mind that like doesn't like labels at all, but for the sake of introductions, um, my background before IVFT was in personal training and a yoga instructor as well. And, um, and then obviously IVFT, so inner voice facilitator. And now I really just see it. I I would love to like make the term space holder more common, more familiar, because I really do feel like that's what I do, whether it's with someone in their physical practice or with someone in their emotional, energetic practice. Um, right now, I am actually just outside of Des Moines, Iowa, which is very funny to the mind still when I say it out loud, because I'm originally from the East Coast and spent many years out in LA. Uh, so to be somewhere in the middle of the country, <laughs> mine wants to say no man's land, <laughs> but it's actually not. It's really quite lovely here. Um, is is very fun, uh, very interesting and very fun. And 
yeah, I, I guess, guess that's it. Um, what was the other question? How, how I'm following my inner voice? Yeah, I guess we can get into that. Um, so, well, we had talked previously before recording about wanting to discuss the terms of like the terms anger and frustration and how that is experienced. Um, but I would love to hear, yeah, if you want to share a little bit about how you started listening to your inner voice and then how that has kind of progressed for you. Because I feel like for a lot of people, the way we experience our inner voices really can shift over like the course of when we first hear it to when it becomes more integrated. So yeah. a little, yeah, a little bit about that. And then we can go more into like present day, real life or like real time, <laughs> real time stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so I had always felt into things from, for as long as I can remember, um, I would make pros and con list, but, and then still end up sort of feeling my way through the decision. Um, and that is now realizing like, oh, that, that was my inner voice. That was my inner being coming through because I feel like I've almost gone full circle because I feel like that is very much the way that I listen and, um, understand my inner voice now, but in between those two spaces, I definitely went through a space where I was regularly communicating with it in the form of, um, writing or like, you know, swapping sessions, doing, doing facilitated sessions back and forth. Um, but yeah, now it is definitely like, um, feeling like a, just an indescribable, it feels like someone, you know, almost like hitting you upside the back of the head or like a wave, like a massive wave, like kind of coming through you internally. Um, and then when I need to, when I want to, I definitely still sit down and dialogue or, you know, have space held, but it is from a day-to-day -day basis. It's a, it's just a big feeling with a capital F and a big knowing with a capital K. Mm. Do you have like a specific memory or can you point to a time in childhood when you felt like that <clears throat> came through or if not childhood, you know, teenage years or like college years or anything when you felt as if a decision you made was inner being, you know, guided and felt and that, how that felt to you then? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Uh, the first thing that pops up is I transferred my freshman year after my freshman year in college, I transferred to a different school and I did it relatively late. Like I was supposed to go back. I was like in the weeks leading up to going back, like packing, getting ready, all of that. And I didn't want to go. And I remember standing outside, I can like visually see it standing outside. And my mom said to me, you know, you don't have to. And in that moment, the rush of relief and then consequently, like the days following it of being like, I don't have to, I don't have to. And like feeling into it and then ultimately making the decision not to go. And I come from a super academic family, like the thought of transferring out of like messing up, you know, air quoting, messing up. Um, my original plan was not highly looked upon at all. Uh, and so to make that decision away from what was sort of expected of me, but to still feel such peace in that decision was, I mean, now looking back was like, oh yeah, that was like, that was it. Cause now I've experienced that feeling many times since then um and like yeah that was inner voice mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't ask my inner voice but 
but that's what it was. Yeah, that's so cool. What's the time recently when you have had a similar experience? Gosh, my whole, <laughs> my whole, the whole last six months. So I'm in Des Moines because um, I, I say I took myself, I followed my inner voice to essentially, I left Massachusetts and I traveled across country and stopped um, along different states, all inner voice led uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Utah, all locations that the mind probably would not have chosen at all. But it was very clear to me that like that was the direction, the destinations that I was meant to take. Um, and that actually is kind of what brought us to this conversation because while the journey was fantastic and I would definitely do it again, um, I experienced enormous amounts of frustration during, um, during the journey. So when did that frustration start coming up for you? Like at what point in your travels did it start bubbling up? Um, bubbling up and like, couldn't ignore it. I would say like right towards the very end, uh, Utah was my last stop. It was not supposed to be my last stop, but it ended up being my last stop. Um, and had some major hiccups with Airbnbs and destinations where I was supposed to go. And I felt, um, I felt totally lost. The mind felt totally lost, even though kind of speaking to like the, um, transferring with colleges, even though I like, it's such an interesting space when you're so aware of the inner voice and the mind of like, I knew I was in the right space. And also the mind was just like distraught. I felt like I had, I felt like the inner voice had abandoned me because I felt like I was abandoned. I felt like I had nowhere to go. I didn't have my home back in Boston because I had left. Um, and I, and now this Airbnb where I was supposed to go was, was getting canceled. Um, yeah. So it was that feeling, but also simultaneously that like ground level base feeling of like, I know I'm okay. I know I'm totally fine. And then witnessing the mind up here, just absolutely losing its shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because something that Lucy um, said to me at one point was how like the mind wants this fairy tale. And like the mind wants to think that if we follow the inner voice, we can have a fairy tale. And it's so wildly fascinating because for me, like I went through this period of time where like I read the power of now and for some reason it like really, really clicked into place for me. And mm -hmm. I, I felt like for a period of months, I was like floating above just like any day-to-day -day problems and anything that happened, I just felt kind of removed from. And I was like, well, it's not really an issue. Like this person, for example, at work is like really stressed about X, but like I could just see that it wasn't actually a problem. So I didn't get involved in it. <clears throat> And not, that was not to say that there were not a lot of like beanbags coming up for me. So I would have like bliss and then maybe like something would come up and I would really experience it and really feel it and then let it go. But then I would go back to kind of that like bliss state almost. But then like since then, and since following my inner voice, I've also experienced like a month of time where I had no energy to do anything, no motivation. Like I wasn't excited about anything. I think like from a mind place, I would describe it as like mild depression and I remember you held space for me in that time. And my inner voice was just like, rest, rest. Yeah, yeah. And I literally for a week, like laid on the couch and watched YouTube videos. <laughs> and I was like, will this never end? Um, and now I can just look back and I'm like, oh, well it did end and I'm fine. 
But at the time, my mind was like really beating itself up for being like, well, I have my inner voice. Why don't I feel wonderful? And I kind of think like what was I was what I was experiencing was just like my mind and body catching up to all the change I had been through. And that resulted in like really needing to just do nothing. But the mind didn't like that because my mind enjoys creating and being active. But it can't do that all the time. Um, Have you had any similar type of like reflections or are you still like in it in it to where it's more like you're like in the sea (laughs) yes Uh, well a couple of things I love that you shared um what Lucy shared with you because that when I first started the journey that my mind said almost exactly the same thing of like all right like we'll do this but if we're gonna do it like five star everything like it 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 has to be the best of the best. Um, and needless to say, that has <laughs> not been my experience uh, from a mind perspective, from like a deep inner knowing every single time I drop down, like I'm so fine. I'm so okay. I'm so safe. I'm so almost blissed out, which is such a fascinating contrast to go to when your mind has literally been, you know, freaking out moments before. Um Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I told my current squad now that my journey now feels more cyclical and the mind hopes that it's sort of like a, like a long strand that's like going, going somewhere as opposed to just like cycling around. Um, But yeah, I mean, I definitely had experienced very similar, like what you described with the power of now of just realizing like, like what is time? What is life? Like what are we doing here on earth? Like all of that and really feeling like I could just sort of rise above or rise out of, or, you know, whatever language you want to use to sort of uh, put space in between myself and an issue. And, and then it was like, okay, but I am a human and I do, it's almost like the experiences like kept happening. Um, and then it felt like I almost returned back to where I came from in the mind's questioning of like, what are we doing? Like, what is the point of all this? Why do I, like you said, if I now have this capacity to connect to enormous, I mean, I have felt such enormity been brought to tears just by the pure presence of my inner being. And I can connect into this power, this source. Why then am I also then experiencing massive mind drama. And that is kind of what prompted, you know, this, this conversation. I, the mind wants to hope that I'm on like the tail of sort of like exiting out of it, but I know that it's very possible that, um, I could enter into another space. And I agree. I think it's, I mean, a combination of everything. We live in a world that tells us we have to go that like, if we're not going, that we are depressed and depressed is is bad, is, is something wrong. And so I think as soon as we start to experience those kinds of things of just like, well, I don't really feel like doing anything right now, instead of approaching it just like that, we go, oh my goodness. Cause I, I, I know, I mean, that's literally the space that I've been in for the past, whatever, how, however long it's been of like, what is wrong with you? And my inner voice being like, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. And then, like you said, a, a bit of the calibration of we are shedding these skids and shedding these layers, beanbags, whatever you want to call them. And it is a bit of catching up. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting too, because 
I think from a mind perspective, we want to judge that space. And at the same time, it doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel good to the mind. So it's like, you don't want to be in it. I think the surrendering to it, I don't, it's even like, I think from a mind perspective, I want to say like, oh, the surrendering to it helps it pass more quickly. I don't even know if that's true though, but I know that the surrendering to it helps it feel better while it is happening. (laughs) For sure. When you're like, all right, looks like I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to plop myself on the couch and watch some good old fashioned Netflix. Like there it is for those moments, it is joyful. And so, yeah, whether it helps it pass faster or not. I mean, I, I totally agree. It's I, to me, it's like a, a physical real life beanbag of like, I'm just going to go in it. I can't force myself to do anything else. So here we go. Netflix it is. <laughs> and I think that's so interesting too, because it's interesting when you come to the place of like it, it would cause way too much resistance to go against it. Um, and then you really are, I think like surrendering to the inner being. Um, yeah. And I've noticed that in myself where I've had like these stark decisions and it's been like, it would be like way too much effort to go against what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And I'll give a real life example of that right now. So I'm starting my own branding business. And while I'm doing that, I'm also like working a part-time job to have money coming in um, because that, I mean, my inner voice hasn't led me to like have absolutely no income and it feels better to my mind to have money coming in while I'm starting my business. And so the nannying job that I am doing is ending this week. And so I've picked up Mm -hmm. a part-time restaurant job, which my mind has some stories about. But then I came to this place where I saw a listing for like a three-month contract graphic design job. And to get the position, you had to do all of these things. And I looked at it and I was like, oh no, that, that's like way too much effort. I just can't. And so that was when I realized, okay, we're going to do the like easiest thing to make money. Like I had to put in no effort to get this job. I'll just like show up, be there, do it. And yeah. then all of my like mental energy and drive is going towards my design work. Yeah. And that was this interesting place of being like, well, we're dropping like the projections I'm putting onto myself of what does it mean to be 29 and working a part-time restaurant job? Well, what it means is that like, this is what is easiest and the path of least resistance. And so I'm doing it. Um, But that was interesting to see because my mind needed the example of like, oh man, I can't spend like hours trying to get this like design job that would be like better looking or whatever. so here we go. <laughs> or more in line with what you really want or giving you the experience that yes. you right? Anything that the mind could say. Yeah, I fully resonate with that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> moving on, not moving on really, but like we wanted to talk about anger today. Yeah. And I think that anger is an emotion that a lot of us have a really hard time with. Um, for a lot of different reasons. And culturally, I think it's a really interesting emotion. Um, So I was just wondering what your experience has been with anger over these past few months, especially, and anything that your inner voice has taught you about it, or just like anything you want to go off, go off. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up is that if I had to describe it before, I probably would have said like, it's scary. Like it's almost intimidating to like, to yourself, like to my own being. Um, and now what comes up is that it's like rich, like it's so dense. And I got the visual of sort of like, um, 
I know that mud, like when people take themselves to spas and they sit in those like mud baths that are just like filled and they say the mud's like filled with nutrients. That is what I get because as I've been um, not forced, I mean, I wanted to unpack the anger because like we've been talking about, it's uncomfortable. Like it's one thing to just get like annoyed at something. Like I felt like I was basically walking around in like an anger cocoon. Like every, everything that I did other than basically playing with my dog would just like, <laughs> would just bother me. Like, it just, and it's like, after a while, it's just not, this is not what I came here on this earth plane to, uh, to do, at least I don't think it is. Um, and so I started unpacking it. And what I found is that it's, it's rich. There's a lot underneath it. It feels, it has felt very layered. It has felt I've uncovered and discovered things that maybe I wouldn't have before because there's, I'm basically, the mind feels like it's pushing the inner voice of like, no, I need more inner voice. Like I need more than just like, you're okay or you're safe, like, or it's okay right now. Like I want that next space and I want to release whatever is keeping myself from being able to hear that or like access that uh, wisdom. Cause I, I know it's there, right. The, the inner voice is, is so powerful. Um, so the other thing that I feel like I've learned, I actually two things is one is that it is oftentimes a catalyst now looking back, realizing that the spaces where I felt this like deep anger has turned over something else. When I I've, I've left a position I've you know, changed geographical, physical locations. I've, you know, ended certain uh, engagements or relationships because it's like, oh, when I now feel this thing, this power of energy, right? If I almost redefine it, this power of energy instead of just anger, I know it's time for, for a change, for a shift, for something to move. Maybe it's me, maybe, you know, maybe it's something else. Um, and then the other thing, which you and I chat about quite a bit is this idea of like, asking for what I want. I, as a kiddo, as a young person, I was never very comfortable with doing that. And, um, anger is like a really good source of fuel to be like, Nope, I want this because the anger is kind of like fueling it underneath. And then I, what I've realized is that like, Oh, I won't ask for what I want unless I'm angry. Oh, okay. Well, how do I, I don't need to get angry every time to ask for what I want. Oh, okay. How do I learn how to ask for what I want from just a space that feels really good mm -hmm. from just a space that you, it's okay to want it. And that, that in and of itself is enough. Yes. Um, my inner voice said, and it feels so similar to your experience. It said something to me, like, let your anger be your light. And then it showed like an image of like a flame in the darkness, like as like a guide, yeah. And it told me that we're often afraid of anger because people use anger. I don't remember exactly how it phrased it, but basically it said like in non-conscious ways. So it can cause a lot of pain, Yeah. but it was showing me that I can use it as yeah. a fuel, so to speak, or even like as a guide. Yeah. And I thought that was so interesting because it was such a beautiful, like reframe on something that is scary, like you said, but yeah. that can, when used from an inner voice place can be beautiful and just as important or um, worthy as joy, honestly, even yeah. if it is unpleasant, but I think like becoming comfortable with it is so fascinating. 
Yeah. You know, I had a boss, um, one of my very first jobs at, right out of college, who he was an excellent communicator. And I realized this in a moment where I had basically making a, made a mistake, a fairly large one. And he, I didn't realize that he was basically reprimanding me until like further into the conversation of like, oh, like, oh, I really wasn't supposed to do that. But he was conveying himself and expressing like, this was not okay. Like you, you needed to do X, Y, and Z in such a lovely way that um, I still think about that moment to this day, not because I made a mistake, but because it was one of the very first times ever that I had seen an example of someone show an emotion in, I think like we're talking about, like he was upset, but he wasn't rageful. He wasn't throwing the, you know, anything that we sort of like normally associate with anger. And so just kind of drawing on that and realizing now in all of this anger that I've been feeling of like, how do I feel it and still express it and still acknowledge it? I don't want to ignore it. I know when I ignore it, it just gets worse. So see it, feel it, hear it, understand it all in a way that feels really good. And even potentially in a way that feels really good for other people. Like, I think that that, I always think like internal and external, what if other, what if we all weren't afraid of anger? And then each one of us also wouldn't be afraid of our own anger because we would understand like, oh yeah, like they're just upset. It like, it's, it's okay. Versus what we've been shown in society of what like angry has to mean. Mm. So how do you express it then? And how do you let yourself feel it? Do you, what do you do like when it comes up? Yeah, um, one of my favorite things and I've sort of like coined this little thing and I share it with clients frequently is um, scream journaling. <laughs> so I journal, but it's usually in all capital letters and it's usually at a, like a very clipped pace. I oftentimes like won't really finish my sentences because it's just like an expression of getting it out. Um, I've also come to like, like hitting a pillow or like using a pillow to hit other things, which a therapist told me when I was like a kid, like back in like kiddo therapy, um, and never really did it. And I've actually like cycled back to it. And I would say like with the use of the inner voice of realizing, you know, when we do beanbags, we're like, do whatever you need to do. You walk, stomp, shake things, shake your body, like get up, like we kind of like guide other, you know, guide ourselves, guide others to do the same thing. And so it dawned on me of like, why aren't I doing that? Like, if I feel this pent up energy, if I take away the label of anger and I just feel this pent up energy, why can't I smack my pillow against my couch for a few minutes until <laughs> my arms get tired and I feel better? Yeah. It's just like releasing the energy. That's yeah. so cool. And you don't even, I think sometimes you have to, I've had this like recently, like I can't necessarily go into my inner voice place to release because the mind is like yes. very active. And so you're not, you can't really drop down. So it's like getting that energy to do something, to release, to flow through you. And then if you want to, you can go to the inner voice space or then you can like feel more peaceful. Um, yeah. I don't even I think love. it's necessarily about that, but like you can... I think maybe we think, oh, you have to be in an inner voice place to release, but it's like, no, I think sometimes you can just use your body. Like there have been times when I've like felt a lot of anxiety come up and then I dance and then it's like, oh, okay, now it can like flow through and like transmute, which I think is really similar to what you just said. 
Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because that that is another thing that I've learned about anger is that with a lot of the other emotions, I feel like I still can like sort of ask the mind to step aside and, and get to a space, even if it doesn't feel like the deepest I've ever been in my inner voice, I can still hear from. But that's what I was learning throughout this most recent experience was like, whoa, anger is like, is like a wall for me. I, I don't know if anyone else experiences like that, but anger is the thing that is like preventing me from getting down. I need to do something like scream journal or, you know, throw a pillow until like you're saying, it kind of like pushes it aside and then I can drop in because it just, and that would, that of course, you know, added to the frustration of like, oh man, like I can't even hear my inner voice because I can't get to it because the anger is, you know, the original anger is still there. And then the frustration at, at not being able to get in, get under. <laughs> How much of the anger and frustration do you think is like old emotions, so to speak, that you're feeling now that maybe you didn't fully feel before? Or do you think a lot of it is new? Like, how does that, like, how does it feel for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say like 95% is old. <laughs> it really, I mean, I know people have different thoughts on the word trigger. I, the word trigger does resonate with me. It does feel like whatever happens now is literally just like, picking at old stuff because when I go in I get images of childhood of teenagehood of I mean it just is for me at least it feels very much like oh yeah that that's been sitting in there for <laughs> for a while mm -hmm. yeah that makes so much sense I don't know if this resonates with you or not but I realized that like my fear of other people being mad at me. Like, I think I'm more, my like childhood or, you know, inner little Sarah is like more afraid of other people's anger than it is my own anger, at least right now, maybe that will shift. But I've realized that that was kind of like my own roadblock because in not wanting other people to be mad at me, it would just prevent me from like taking big steps that I want to and being like, oh, I can't do X because maybe then they'll be mad at me. And it usually wasn't a conscious thing until after. Um, and so it's been interesting to look at anger in that way too, like flipping it, I guess, a little bit. Totally, totally. Other people's anger. I mean, and I think like we were saying before, because or like your inner voice said of people often use anger in a non-conscious way like that's actually really interesting to think about what is conscious anger that feels really beautiful but most people I would say our our world our society it's a non-conscious thing it's just a like flying off the handle mm -hmm. yeah other people's anger can be um can can be scary can be intimidating can be terrifying like you're saying to the point where you wouldn't do something because the fear of someone else's rage, not even their opinion, right? It's different. No, I'm afraid what they're going to think. I'm afraid of their anger. Yes, 100%. And then I also think kind of on the flip side of this, and I don't know if this resonates with you, but I know that when I've gone through periods of feeling a lot of anger, I think there was a stage in which it was important for me to feel justified in that anger and allow myself to say, you deserve to be angry. Like, you've had a great life. You've had a lot of resources. I've never wanted for anything. And all of the anger that I'm feeling is justified. Yeah. And I think 
I had to get to that. That was a mental thing. Like, um, you know, I had to mentally get there, but without mentally getting there, my mind was just circumnavigating the anger and being like, oh, well, you don't really need to be angry because like this never happened to you. Um, so it's interesting to see, but I think that was just like the mind protecting me from feeling something it didn't want to feel in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I, I definitely agree. I think our, the minds, minds love to categorize and make hierarchies out of things. And we even want to do that, like with our feelings and our experiences of like, oh, well, you haven't experienced this capital T trauma. So you're not allowed to whatever feel sadness like that. I, the mind is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like that everyone gets to feel their feelings, but I totally agree. I mean, it, um, yeah. Giving yourself permission to even have the feeling. And I, I was saying before, like anger for me is often the thing that makes things like turn over anger for me is like, I think in previous moments, experiences, I had kind of like dimmed it down for whatever reason, you know, kind of everything that we've been talking about so far. But recently when it's gotten so big at going, okay, I just, I have to look at you. Like there's no other way around it. I have to look at this anger. I have to feel this anger and let it be because it, it wasn't really going to let me do anything else. Well, do you want to do some inner voicing about anger? Oh, always. Okay, cool. Um, do you want me to ask your inner voice? That's what I was thinking, or we could. Yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a few moments to drop down into the place where you felt your inner being before. An inner voice, whenever you are here, let us know. We are here. Hmm. Inner voice, what do you want to share with all of us? and Emily today. We are giving her visual of ground, earth, dirt, right after rainfall. In her voice, why are you giving Emily this visual? We're adding feet, toes. She can feel it sinking her toes, letting the dirt move in between. Soft, slow rich one might call it dirt muck but when she squeezes her feet she wants to go back for more 
how do you see this dirt, this muck in her voice? It is rich. It is safe. It makes her feel whole, complete, like a little kid who sees a puddle and runs straight towards it to land both feet and make a big splash. Why are you sharing this experience today in your voice? Hmm. There's nothing to fear. We show the, the little kid running towards the puddle, the parent shouting, no, 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 no. You'll get wet, you'll get cold, you'll get dirty. And the child does not care. It is joy for the child. It is freedom. It feels good. Hmm. It could also be said of anger. Nothing to fear. <laughs> Nothing to experience other than jumping in. Jump in, get wet, change your clothes. <laughs> Inner voice, do you like experiencing anger through Emily? I do. It feels powerful. It feels like a surge, like the part of a wave right before it crashes. The sensation is, is movement, is shifting. We're showing um, wave crashing on the shore, maybe filling a hole or rushing over a sandcastle that had been built. That is okay. Build another one. In her voice, does anger actually hurt other people? No, the mind is resisting a bit, but we are showing like magnets together. It is power, it is strength. Mm. 
If anger doesn't really hurt other people in her voice, why do people feel pain at times around anger? It's all outside. We're showing someone outside of the, the ground, the wet, gushy, squishy ground, judging, why would you put your feet in there? Why would you want to get dirty? But they have not put their feet inside yet. They have not felt the squish underneath their toes. They do not know that experience. So the people that are feeling hurt by anger, they are not, they are afraid of feeling anger themselves in her voice. Yes, they haven't gone in it yet. We're showing this visual, this person that has their toes in, they have now also reached down and grabbed it with their hands. They have taken off an extra coat and they are rolling around in it and it feels good and free and they know they are getting dirty, but it is okay. And we are showing this person playfully throwing a handful of mud at someone else, inviting them in, feel it for yourself, get dirty on your own with me, on your own, feel the squish between your toes. In her voice, you make anger sound so fun. <laughs> Emily is, is seeing more ways that she can feel her anger. Mm. we're showing her ways that she had been resisting it even though she thought she had been feeling it we're telling her to ball her fists and sit on the couch and let her fists hit her thighs and say i am angry i am angry i am angry Say it until you don't want to say it anymore. Mm -hmm. Let yourself feel it. In her voice, why is Emily feeling all of her anger now at this point in her life? <laughs> we show the end of a toothpaste tube when you use another object to get all the stuff from the bottom out and then you push it and it and it sort of like explodes out maybe more than you would have used but it is okay and it is all on your toothpaste and now that tube is empty she is ready for a new tube. 
but she needed to push all this stuff up from the bottom <laughs> first. Mm. Inner voice. Sometimes it can be tedious and annoying to get the last bit of toothpaste out. <laughs> Is there a way that Emily can cut off the bottom of the toothpaste tube and get it out the other way? Or does she have to push it all up and out the top? Hmm. She can. She has done this before. Scissors to the bottom of the tube, but the stuff is still the same. She still reaches her toothbrush into the tube to get out the same stuff. What is on the other side of the toothpaste in her voice? What is what will happen once all the toothpaste is out of the tube? <laughs> More toothpaste. You we're showing a fresh tube. The mind is going, oh God, you mean I have to do this again? But we are showing it is it is fun. It is fresh. She just bought new toothpaste the other day. It's a new flavor and each time she goes to brush her teeth she gets excited at all oh, right it's it's new it's a different flavor <laughs> we we're showing it's it's easier in the beginning you barely have to squeeze you barely have to push the tube buy a new flavor buy a new tube a new brand it's fresh so she will never experience it, it again in exactly the same way in her voice Correct. How does Emily's mind feel about this? <laughs> it wants to go to the store and buy a million tubes so it never has to get to <laughs> the bottom part. Is that an option that it has in your voice? Could it choose to do that? It's always an option. Mm -hmm. mm, but we're showing that she could do that, but after a while, the mind might get curious to, mm, well, we've gotten enough. We've opened up a new fresh tube. Does it feel like to squeeze the bottom? <laughs> this is true in her voice. Yeah. The mind would probably get bored. Hmm. Uh, we're showing this curiosity, approach with curiosity. She can do that now, even though she hasn't gone to the store and bought a million tubes of toothpaste. What would it feel like to approach with curiosity in her voice? Playful. Mm. Mm, show a child mm, in a, in a, like a seat with um, where they put food on the 
big dish out in front, high chair. And the little child is upset at the food in front. And we show Emily being curious. It's just green beans. Why are you mad at green beans? Green beans aren't, aren't bad. Look at your anger in the same way. Curious, curious, curious. Inner voice, do you have anything else that you would like to share today? Stomp your feet in the mud, big, big stomps. Pull up your pants and stomp and squish your toes and feel the sensation of the mud in between. You can always rinse your feet off. Thank you so much, Inner Voice. Thank you. Makes me want to ball my fists up and hit my thighs. I think I think you are meant to. That was seems like a very clear direction. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, just realizing moments where like I felt probably like the desire to do something like that, but would yeah, like the mind like waited until I could do something more like productive. Yeah, realizing that like the mind thought that like the scream journaling was productive or like even like the hitting with the pillow was productive, but just something as simple as just sitting there and just being like, I am angry, I am angry. Like, <laughs> and that was very much almost like, um, I'm not an actor, but almost like a, like an actor warm up kind of thing. Like you just like say it over and over and over again in like different ways and different tones of voice. And like, and then eventually you're just like, okay, like I'm all done. Like, I don't, like I don't need to say it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like full permission just to be exactly where you are without moving through it or like yeah. the surrendering we were talking about. Like, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or yeah. I'm just going to sit on the couch and pound my fist and yes. yell, I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your inner voice. Um, How can people like best get in contact with you if they want to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. Um, Gosh, Instagram or email on Instagram. I'm evolution of M all one word and email Emily at Emily Socha, S-O-C-H-A.com. And you're also on the Lively community app, right? In the app, yeah. And on the and on the Lively website as well. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so thank fun. Thank you. This was great.